This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. Hear more from Free FM. For a small monthly fee, you can become a patron and support independent community media. Go to patreon.com slash freefm89 to find out how. To listen to the free breakfast on Free FM 89.0. I'm really pleased to be welcoming uh, onto the show Hamilton Mayor Paula Southgate. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. Thank you for joining us. Um, look, I think uh, most listeners will be well aware of how busy the council has been uh, responding to some of the challenges of the COVID crisis on your facilities and also what that might look like in our future. Um, so I, I kind of wanted to focus on a few things that we might not have heard so much about, um, mm-hmm. particularly around areas where we might want to be involved. And the first one, and this is a little bit tricky, uh, it's the issue of a new Kainga Order development in Flagstaff. And I've seen a lot mm. on social media where a lot of the comments are accusing people of being classist or racist. Taking all that aside, in terms of the council position, what could you tell people who, uh, I guess, need to have a bit more information about this proposed development and their opportunities to be involved in that? Yes. Thank you for that. I, uh, you're right. We should set aside all of that um, unpleasant social commentary and, and not focus on that side of things and focus on what the actual development is all about. Um, the, the you know, passions are running high up here in the north of Hamilton around a development like that. Uh, I think the key point to start with is that that block of land adjacent to the Flagstaff shops has been in the ownership of Kainga order for 12 years. Oh. It has also been... Yeah. It's, so a, it's not a surprise. <laughs> no, so the ownership is that is what it is. They own that land. Uh, I think they've entered into some um, negotiations with partners to help them build on that land. Uh, and uh, it's been zoned residential for 12 years. So what we're dealing with is not a piece of parkland that council owns or even could own at this point. It's um, around a piece of private property. Uh, what they're proposing to put on there um, provides a mix of housing from one-bedroom places, two-bedroom, and some slightly bigger three-bedroom. But it's across a mix of houses that are two-storey, and this is the most contentious bit from what I can see on the social media to, to the local residents, a three-storey um, flat, block of flats, you yeah. know. Uh, for want of a better word. So three-storey is higher density than the two-storey duplexes that we quite commonly see around Hamilton. So that's excited interest. Um, they've pitched at quite a few houses. They've pitched at about 70. And, um, you know, there's a, um, um, uh, some fair concern about the number yeah. of uh, houses that they're going to put in one, one area. The other factual part of this is that not all of those will remain in rental. Um, it won't be kind of orders, houses that they rent out. Some of those will be sold so that people can get into their first house on at least lease to own basis and uh, 50% of them will be dealt with through tiny way I understand who will also sell off properties to tribal members and, and the general public. So it'll be a real mix of um, uh, the ordinary general property market buying into it, yeah. um, lease to buy arrangements to get uh, First homeowners into houses and some kind of order um, houses 
Um, so those are the those are the bare bone facts at the moment. Um, what the public are uh, telling us is clearly, clearly. Sorry about that. Uh, they're clearly upset with the density. It's quite different to anything we've seen in residential areas thus far. And they're upset about the number of uh, dwellings. Uh, issues that um, I have sim- sympathy with include traffic management and par- on st- off-street parking and that kind of thing. So, um, so you know, I think it's reasonable that people have concerns about the type and nature of the development and Kainga Aura are actually in their consultation phase at the moment. They're out there seeking feedback from the public. So everybody should engage. Um, so look, we need we need some we need some housing in Hamilton. We needed it before COVID lockdown. We still need it. We've got an incredible number of people looking to get into social housing for a variety of needs. We've got a lot of people who can't enter the housing market for the first time. So on the face of it, this is a development that could um, deliver some much-needed housing. Is it? Has it gone too far too fast? Well, we'll have to go through the process. I myself have some concerns, as I've said, about the traffic management um, and potentially the scale of those three-storey buildings and how that will all fit onto quite a smallish site. Okay, so will those <coughs> concerns be addressed with the district plan? Is that how it works? Yes, yeah, well, at some stage down the line, and they haven't done this yet, they will have to apply for resource consent to build there. Um, okay. On the face of it, it looks like some of those elements may not be compliant with the current district plan, but of course we haven't done the exercise of looking at that. Um, okay, so... So, we, we, so when it's lodged, the first choice is the first decision to be made as to whether to notify it or to publicly notify it to allow the public to have continued engagement through that process, or or just to go through you know, a hearings panel to determine whether that um, development can go ahead. Now, I'm strongly pushing for public engagement because it's generated such an amount of um, attention. And, uh, you know, in, in general, I do believe that neighbourhoods deserve the right to mm. have some... Uh, level of control over what goes in the neighbourhood. And um, I can tell you in a minute what we're doing about intensification across the city in general. I was about to say, because I, th- I think a couple of months ago, we'll say, <laughs> I remember, uh, yeah. we were discussing uh, neighbours having more of a say on the infill that was happening around them that had come up with your council uh, this year sometime. Yes, that's right. So, uh, in the, over time, with uh, infill coming into the suburbs, We've been getting feedback uh, from existing residents saying, well, you know, why should my 1950 bungalow be hemmed in by two two um, blocks of six townhouses? Mm-hmm. Um, I've lost all my privacy, I've lost some of my lights, there's a million cars on the streets and that kind of thing. And that wasn't, that became a cry that wasn't all that uncommon. And uh, a lot of councillors, including myself, but a lot of councillors went round and had a look at some of these developments and started to understand why uh, local residents would feel concerned. Now, let me say on the face of it, there's some really excellent infill going on in the city. There's some beautiful um, developments that create nice houses um, that that are truly an enhancement to the local area. But there are some examples of infill that don't enhance, in fact, do detract from the local area and detract from some of the 
um, what I would say were rights of the existing residents. For example, uh, one guy was told by the developers of townhouses that to mitigate the loss of privacy on his private patio area, they were going to grow a hedge. And he didn't get a say on that. No, he should get a say on that. Okay, so that so is... what we're looking... Yeah, sorry. Oh, no, sorry. So, so it is something that is, uh, you're well aware of, it is something that you're currently uh, focused on dealing with to make sure people have feel a bit more empowered about what's happening in their neighbourhood. Flagstaff yeah, so would look, be well, no different. It's just a lot, uh, it's not quite through those stages yet. It's right at the start. Uh, there will be hopefully an opportunity to have our say um, outside of the petition that's currently floating around. Well, that, that's right. So at the moment it's the petition, of the kainga ora uh, having requesting people to write and come and talk to them. I understand that they are going to run some public open days, but of course in COVID level two, that's a little problematic. So they might yeah. have some drop-in sessions um, to get around that. They certainly need to do their job and um, um, allow people to be fully consulted, in my view. Okay. We'll but, we'll um, at the Sorry, we'll keep an eye on that one. I did have a whole heap of other things that we need to, <laughs> to bring up this morning. I just wondered if you could quickly give us, uh, I guess, as brief as you can, a comment on uh, what is happening in the Peacock development. We've gone from an area where there's issues around infill and what that development might look like to what happens if we try to purchase uh, productive or farmland uh, to create new spaces. Just do you have a comment there, particularly for anyone in that area? Look, uh, we're in still in negotiation with a number of land, <coughs> excuse me, with a number of landowners, landowners across Peacocks, including some of those landowners who've spoken up. We are still in negotiation with them, and um, uh, it would be inappropriate for me to be involved because you know there are legalities around that. In some cases, we're heading into to legal mediation and other things, and so you know, as a mayor, I don't think it's right for me to interfere in processes that have a legal nature. But what I have done is, is clearly say to staff, I expect you to enter into as reasonable negotiations as you can and that you must look to minimise the effect on their land and to keep what well, we do have to keep within the law and that's a separate issue if people want to look at the Public Works Act and the Local Government Act as it provides for these kinds of matters. That's a different, different story. But in, at the moment, we're complying with um, the law, but we're trying to be as reasonable as possible with, with landowners. So we just urge them to come and negotiate with us. Keep negotiating. We haven't stopped negotiating. I think the thing is here is what is legal and what you can or are able to do is different to what is fair for those landowners. But, yeah, you're right. If You, you can't comment on that at the moment. Uh, it's not fair to for me to continue to ask well, questions. Well, I, I would say that because um, a number of those people who are talking haven't given um, right waiver of rights over their privacy, so we cannot talk about yeah. some of the details. But what I will say is there are people um, in that area who are settling without um, too much tension between us. Uh, we're reaching agreeable um, solutions and uh, they're signing up to that. So there are people that we're managing to get through the process a little bit more smoothly and we invite those ones where we're still in um, conflict to, to keep negotiating with us. Sure. My, my message to staff is keep negotiating. Um, so that, that's what we're doing and I don't think um, I can do more than that. Okay. Um, and for something that, you know, uh, I remember 
I don't know why I remember this, but I know that one of the best consultations you've ever had is on rubbish, uh, and which is great. It's something that we all have to deal with in some way, but can you let us know what is happening with our recycling at the moment? Uh, well, at the moment, during COVID, of course, we, we weren't able to hand-separate recycling. It was a, considered a health risk um, with the overhandling of goods that other people around the city had touched. Um, there was some slowdown at the contractor's level um, to bring in the new system. So uh, we're, we're trying to work through how we can help residents get rid of their stockpiled recycling yeah. at this moment. Glass recycling is back underway. Okay. Um, we're trying to get the rest of recycling uh, underway with the contract as soon as possible. Uh, but, you know... Is this uh, a new the, contractor the or the old contractor? It'll be the new one. Okay. So they're the ones we're dealing with at the moment. Um, yeah, well, look, we're working through a whole range of issues too. Um, it, it, unfortunately, the wheelie bin system will be a little bit delayed, but there is an updated um, Facebook post on Health City Council Facebook okay. page, which is fairly clear about what's going on now. Um, we still we still have a certain amount of restrictions on health and safety because of level two, so those come into play. Uh, I think we're other parts of country done differently they've had automatic sorting and different different setups in the in the beginning which has made it easier for them to continue recycling some aspects of waste okay so um, at the moment the black bag is still being collected our glass has been collected but if you put yeah. paper cardboard out it's going to go in landfill um at uh, this stage until mm. otherwise formed and look you know i've got a large box at the back of my garage where i've kept all my plastics and paper and everything else and i'll um um, I'll deal with it when I'm able to, but yeah. I think the council is uh, looking at things like some extra pick-up dates and things like that. It definitely like shows you what you're eating or drinking. Had a few too many wine bottles sitting there, it was really embarrassing. It's okay if you can get rid of them in a week, but if you're holding them for six weeks, it's actually quite embarrassing. Um, just finally yeah, before we... Yeah, and it does tell you how much plastic you use. And that too. Um, just finally before we go, we had some really cool news last week. We, uh, Kitty Kirito is going to be at host the uh, headquarters for a mega polytech, and it's called yeah. the New Zealand Institute of Skills and Technologies. What can you tell us about what you know so far about this? Well, it's exciting from a, well, it's a fantastic opportunity for Hamilton because uh, vocational training, of course, is under review uh, under the government, the current government, and it's going to get a complete revamp and refresh. That's all your um, trade training and vocation training. Uh, so, but what for, for what it is for us is getting the head office here means that, of course, they've, they've placed their head office here because they have confidence that mm. Hamilton is the best place to do business. And um, that's a bit of a shift in thinking. We've seen recently with things like the Rabobank head office also coming to Hamilton. We are a great place to work. We are a great, great place to put your head office. And I think that will attract other similar businesses because of that. We're a safe city. We're well connected with transport. We have everything that a city needs to operate well. We have good quality commercial properties for them to go in and so forth. So it flies the flag that we are a centre of business excellence. Um, also, I think it's quite exciting because I think there will be conversations and levers uh, that will um, go off the NZIST, as I say, into educational excellence, especially um, retraining people into vocations that we're going to need mm. coming out of COVID. Um, 
because you will have heard the talk that um, the future looks different. Uh, we need people to get back into employment, so this will offer the opportunity to really look hard at how we offer vocational trading, training to get people back into jobs as soon as possible um, and set up for a really good future for Hamilton. So now we will focus on what they call COVES, which is Centre of Vocational Excellence. The government has um, announced they're looking to establish two initially, but there'll be more. One of those is construction and one of those is agri-tech. So we'll have to, to consider whether we put a really strong uh, handout from, for us to be considered as a cove, because I think that there again, certainly we've got what it takes to do that. Um, so this is all about demonstrating success and demonstrating that Hamilton is a business excellence centre. Mm. And, you know, there are some jobs. There are some jobs and jobs. Yeah, I think I saw it. about 50-odd jobs. But I think what yeah. really uh, I found quite exciting was the fact that we might one day be considered a real student city. And mm. I don't know, some people might not find that to be a good thing, but I think it adds that vibrancy, particularly around the central, uh, you know, the centre of the city, uh, to have people around all the time. So it's cool opportunities. Very oh, cool. Look, we're working... Um, uh, in the background on a story about Hamilton, uh, to refresh the Hamilton story as a place to do business and a place to be educated. And one part of that, which we're working with partners on, including the University of Waikato and others, is, is, is a story on educational excellence. Because when you think about it, Hamilton has the full range of education from your preschool right through to your tertiary education. But there's a lot in between that. We've got WinTech with their training. Mm. We have um, trade training. We have private trainers. We have international students when when they come back into New Zealand to be ready for. There's actually a huge opportunity to sell ourselves as a the best place in Hamilton, uh, the best place in New Zealand to get your education, no matter what level of education you're seeking. Very cool. Um, Thank you so much. (laughs) And and, yeah, it will be. I know this will happen. Um, Thank you so much for joining us today. You know, uh, recapping what's happening with that Flagstaff development, Peacock, recycling, and uh, yeah, sharing this exciting news as well. Um, Is there anything that you need to say before we go today? Look, I I just want to make it clear that Hamilton City Council welcomes public feedback and welcomes. Um, people to talk with them and negotiate with them when things are not going quite right. We, do, we don't give up on that. We keep going. And um, in terms of both the issues that are contentious out there at the moment, we need to keep hearing from people so we can talk, so we can mm. talk this out. We can't, um, when we can't uh, do anything about kind of order other than express our concerns as Hamilton City Council at the moment. Um, but everyone should engage about how we can make um, that development or any development that might go on that side a win-win, a win for others and a win for the local community. Mm. So let's keep talking Wonderful. constructively and positively about how we get there. That's uh, Paula Southgate, Hamilton, Mayor. Thank you for joining us. Thanks, Kelly. Bye. Oh, it's 29 minutes to nine. Um,
we did cover off a lot there. It has been a, a wee while, but um, these are issues that we will continue to come back to. I ran out of time to ask about uh, what consultation will look like for their annual plan. Uh, there's been a few shifts with meetings and that sort of thing, uh, but we will hopefully get that information to you um, when I can. But now let's check out a song from Ike and Tina Turner with Honky Tonk Woman. You're listening to The Free Breakfast on Free FM 89.0. Thanks for listening to this Free FM podcast. If you want to hear more content like this, you can support Free FM via Patreon. Head to patreon.com/freefm89 to find out more.